You gave me 20 ideas, and I picked out one of them that was a kernel that became that commercial. Which you changed just enough so that it was yours. I changed it into a commercial. That's the way it works. There are no credits on commercials. But you got the Clio. It's your job. I give you money, you give me ideas. And you never say thank you. That's what the money is for. Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Tiana. And this is Next Door Villain. A podcast where we uncover the villains to discover their humanity. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Next Door Villain Podcast. I'm Tiana. And I'm Joe. Woo! Thanks for coming back, audience members. We really appreciate it. We also hope you are a Mad Men fan because we are going to talk about the mysterious, intense mastermind named Don Draper or Donald Francis Draper. Francis is his middle name? Yeah. That's weird because that becomes Betty's last name when she marries the new dude. Oh, I I didn't even think about that. I know. But I I think where you were actually going with that is... (laughs) You were actually probably going to say otherwise known as Dick Whitman. Yes. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, by the way, if you have not watched Mad Men, there will be a lot of spoilers in this episode. (gasps) One of which we've already botched. So. Yep. Dick Whitman is his actual name. Surprise. A lot less sexy than Don Draper. I know, right? That was probably purposeful. Like, Dick Whitman's lame. (laughs) <laughs> but Don Draper, that, now that is a sexy name. Yeah. When we decided to do this episode, it had been, oh, probably a good couple of years since I watched an episode of Mad Men. So I had to, I had to do a little refresher, but I think our audience may need one as well. Exactly. So I hope this goes well because I am drinking at 11 a.m. in order to get into the essence of Don Draper. Oh, that's a good idea. It is. This is the one episode I'm drinking water. <laughs> Don Draper would not drink water. He would drink an old-fashioned. Yeah. Right. I'm out of whiskey, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so we sh- we're going to start off with our 30-second intro to the character challenge where we compete to see who can do a better job giving a on-the-fly improv 30-second introduction. And then um, if you'd like for fun, you can go on Twitter and tell us who you think did a better job. We'll have a little poll up for a week after this episode is is out. So Joe, I think you should go first. I'd be happy to go first. And I think you did last time. Yes. You're such a good sport. Oh, thank you. All right. Three, two, one, go. Don Draper is an advertising executive on Madison Avenue, which is where the title of the show comes from, Mad Men. They're the ad executives who work on Madison Avenue in New York. And he's known for being like super creative and always having the best sales pitches. And he's this suave, uh, smart, sexy guy. And he drinks a lot. Um, And he also is kind of a misogynist and he sleeps with a lot of women and cheats on his wife a lot and does a lot of kind of crappy things throughout his uh, Boom. Very good. Very good. I did not know that it was Mad Men, though, because he was on Madison Avenue. 
I'm not a history expert by any means, but I, I believe that it's a lot of the big ad agencies were on Madison Avenue and oh. the ad execs were basically all men. So they called them mad men, like ad men, mad men, Madison Avenue advertising. Yeah. I thought it was like they are ad men, but they're also mad deep down, like the British term for crazy. Yeah. And... Well, it's like a it's like a triple pun here. Oh, I didn't know the Madison Avenue was part of that. So that's yeah. very interesting. I could be making that up, but I, I feel like that's knowledge that I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But embarrassingly, it did take me a little bit too long to figure out, oh, it's admin with the M on it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anywho. Okay. You ready to go? Yep. All right. Three, two, one, go. So Don Draper is originally known as Dick Whitman, who grew up in a pretty crappy household. And then when he went to the Korean War, um, he knew a guy um, named Don Draper. And because he was going to have a cigarette, um, he accidentally hit it with the, what, gas or something, and something blew up. And so the real Don Draper died, so he switched his dog tags dog tags with him and changed his whole life basically as the guy don draper and took his identity good actually that was really good i i I really feel Mm -hmm. like in combination those were some of our better 30 second intros right yeah you did a really great job with his backstory and i kind of gave the the current situation right and that's my goal to work as a team even though we're competing you give one part i give another part yeah that's perfect wow great Wow. We should be in an advertising firm together. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Probably I not. I don't know. <laughs> so I think we should start off by talking about kind of the elephant in the room, which mm-hmm. is that Don Draper is not technically the villain of Mad Men. In fact, uh, and when you really think about it, there isn't really a, a particular villain for the show, at least mm-hmm. not in like the literary sense of the term villain, you would refer to Don Draper as an anti-hero, which is technically different than a villain because an anti-hero is like the main character or the protagonist of a story, but they don't do typically heroic things. Uh, and in fact, they generally do bad things. So those are characters like Walter White in Breaking Bad or Bojack Horseman or Tony Soprano. And the reason we kind of end up rooting for them despite the terrible things they do is because we know them really intimately and we know their lives really well and we understand them and we see the world from their perspective. So shows that have antiheroes are basically kind of doing what we do on this podcast. For villains in general, we try to take their good qualities or even just the qualities we try to figure out what happened to them to make them who they are and make them bad. What's nice about Mad Men, too, is that it does a little bit of the work for us mm-hmm. by showcasing his past and who he is. And that, in turn, can help us figure out why he does the things he does. But in this episode, we really want to kind of summarize that a bit more and also add more details and more thoughts as to why he's such in a hole yeah (laughs) yeah and it's i think also important not to forget that these characters do bad things even though we're trying to empathize with them like don draper is super misogynistic he's a serial liar he's emotionally abusive and he's a bully 
And so he may not be the villain of the show technically, but he is a villain to a lot of people. A few specifically, his wife, Betty, is Mm -hmm. not great to his children. A lot of the people that he works with, he's a villain in a lot of people's lives. And it's important not to forget that because Don Draper, I think in particular, is really often glorified in the media because he's so attractive and because he's suave and and he's Mm -hmm. played by John Hamm. And that all kind of overshadows the bad things that he does. But We always want to emphasize that just because we are trying to understand these characters does not mean that we have to agree with what they do. Like it's important Mm -hmm. to understand why bad people do bad things because it helps us react to them in an appropriate and effective way. We can kind of figure out how we could maybe help a person like him. Or even if you are someone who's like Don Draper, if you are able to listen to this episode and think about, hmm, why am I like this? Uh, It could maybe in turn help you manage your emotions and become a better person Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, Um, I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, even if you're not nearly as bad as someone else, you can sometimes recognize traits that you see in yourself. And because you can see them in someone else and see what happens because mm -hmm. of those bad things, that it makes it easier for you to be able to say, oh, I need to do something about this because it can have really bad consequences if I do bad things like that also. Right. Really gets down in the nitty gritty. What happened to me to make me this way? Mm-hmm. And you're right. Don Draper is played by John Hamm. It is weird how some television shows really make the anti-heroes so fascinating to the point where we root for them and want them to win. And it's like a love-hate relationship. Yeah. And then Don Draper is someone who looks like someone I'd like to bang. So (laughs) it gets like, yeah, (laughs) maybe it's dangerous (laughs) because you're like, oh, it'd be so cool to be like Don Draper or maybe not. (laughs) Well, and I think the reason Don Draper is so engaging is because there is so much to who he is. Like there are so many layers and levels to him as a character that that make him really interesting Mm -hmm. and engaging. And those layers kind of get shown throughout the whole series as well. So to kind of gain an understanding of who Don Draper is, we can talk about his backstory that Mad Men tends to show. So who is Don Draper? He is a guy with a crappy past, a really crappy past. He does not know his real mother. She died in childbirth. Apparently his mother was a whore or a prostitute, but then he was given to another family who did not have- Didn't his father also die really young? He watched his father die when his father was kicked by a horse. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and he witnessed that. And his family, too, that he grew up in, even though they weren't his like biological father and mother, they were pretty penniless. And we can assume this is kind of during the 1930s Depression. Farmers were hit pretty hard, didn't have a way to make ends meet. And so there was a lot of stress on making money and surviving in these rural areas. So, and he was abused quite a bit where he was not really loved by his family. He didn't really think of them as his real family. And he eventually had to grow up in a whorehouse. His mother that he grew up with would beat him if she thought he was doing something wrong. Didn't really seem like she expressed much love for him. As a very young age, that can have a lot of impact on a child. 
can lead to a lot of childhood trauma, which then leads to a lot of shitty adulthood behavior. Yeah, really not a great upbringing and probably not a lot of good examples for him to look up to and learn from to teach him how to treat with and deal with people appropriately. There's this Psychology Today article that actually analyzes Don Draper, like kind of looks at some of the symptoms that he has as an adult that perhaps he has, you know, child abandonment syndrome where he was not given that affection and that nourishment when growing up. Those symptoms as an adult include alcohol abuse, anger, and alienation from others, which we see a lot in Mad Men, where he has this very superficial air to him sometimes, where he's like this man who knows a lot, very suave and mysterious, but doesn't get very close to other people. Gets very angry at people he drinks and smokes a lot to the point where a doctor is like, these are kind of pretty bad for your health you should probably cut back and he doesn't know how the fuck to cut back on stuff like that on one hand i'm kind of impressed with don draper he climbed pretty high where he took a lot of opportunities and became an ad man and worked hard to be successful at an ad agency and a part of that is being someone who's in control and not everyone can really climb that high yeah but when you talk about opportunities, mm-hmm. and you mentioned this in your 30-second intro, is that one of those opportunities was that when he was in the war, he was working with someone named Don Draper. This was back when he was still Dick Whitman, and he stole that person's identity, and that person was ultimately awarded a Purple Heart, which Don received and kind of assumed this guy's life. And so in a sense, it it is impressive that he was able to pull himself up into such a powerful position today. But on the other hand, he also kind of did it on the backs of other people and stealing opportunities that didn't necessarily belong to him. Right. So he basically was in war and then Don Draper died, took his dog tags and then became a different person. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with escapism, where he wants to escape his former life where his he had a family that he felt if he stayed with he it would bring him down and keep him as this kind of like quote unquote low life or like a life of tragedy and awfulness that he grew up in so he wants to escape from that so it is like it was kind of a crummy thing to do but at the same mm-hmm. time it's like this other guy is is dead his life is not continuing so like who was really the victim in this crime that allowed him to better himself and get out of a really terrible family situation and be able to start over Mm -hmm. well one of the victims was the real don draper's wife yes who didn't know that her real husband had died because dick whitman assumed his identity but ultimately then those two became friends and don the new don helped her out and was a fairly decent guy to her, I I think. And she was a pretty amazing person because almost anyone else would be like, screw you, I'm going to rat you out as doing this very illegal thing of taking someone else's identity and (laughs) make people realize that you're not who you say you are, but she didn't do that. She She exercised empathy. She did. (laughs) A lot of it, really. (laughs) Yeah. And you might also be mad at Don because, you know, in the 1950s and 60s, he could also climb to the top because he's a white man. Mm -hmm. 
who's attractive. So he has that going for him. So not only did he take someone else's identity, but he also is just a very privileged person. And in the 1960s, he doesn't even really realize the full extent of his privilege. <laughs> so right, you can get mad that, at him. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he uses what he has to the full mm. advantage. Um, and yeah. he tries to move forward. One question that I have is that he was raised in such a, a difficult, poor situation, it seems like he would maybe be kind of sympathetic and understanding of that completely different lifestyle. So I'm wondering, why is he such a bullying scumbag as an ad executive? Mm -hmm. it, it seems to me like he should be more sympathetic of others because he's lived a completely different life. Yeah, I do have a theory about that. It's that because he lived such a shitty life, he could be thinking everything else that people say are their problems, like when Peggy comes to him and says, you're not paying me enough. Or like if Betty thinks something is unfair and he gets upset with her. My theory is that it might be hard for him to empathize with other people's problems because they're not even as intense as the problems and the, and the um, horrible life that he had to experience. Mm -hmm. So I th he takes a very negative outlook on life sometimes. That's like you kind of have to keep going when things aren't going well or you have to take control of your life. So he says things like you're born alone and you die alone and this world just drops a bunch of rules on top to make you forget those facts. And that to me tells me that he knows that life sucks. And the only way that you're going to get through life is by taking control of your own life putting yourself first and making things work for you. So he'll put himself first by being the guy who has the best ads and sabotaging Michael Ginsburg's success, right? As also as a creative writer and putting himself at the forefront. It's almost like witnessing how shitty life can be means that you have to take control of your own life even if that means sabotaging other people's lives because people don't work, look out for each other anyway. At least his family didn't work, look out for him. So why would he do that for someone else? Yeah. So it's just this crass heart that he has, I think, that makes him be like, why are you complaining? He knows deep down what he had to go through to get where he is. So you just have to take it into your own hands and deal with it and become successful too on your own way. And right. um, it's not his fault if you're not if you're not being heard because you just have to make that happen for yourself. It's just kind of unfair. I mean, he had a lot of luck in some ways, like with meeting the real Don Draper and having him die. But I, that's kind of his philosophy that I see throughout the whole series. I think another part of it might be that he's just really scared and like mm -hmm. never feels really secure about where he's at or the position that he's in. And so instead of dealing with problems, he's constantly running away from them. Mm -hmm. He only knows how to escape situations. He doesn't know how to deal with them. So when things go bad with his wife, Betty, he doesn't know how to sit down with her and solve those problems he knows that he can leave and not have to deal with them anymore. And we see him do that over and over again throughout the show. When things get too hard, he runs away, mm -hmm. leaves them, and starts something else. Yeah, and that stems probably all the way back to his childhood 
where he's like, well, I can escape from this, from the shittiness and things will get better. And maybe things got better kind of like where he became a new person. And so people didn't know about an embarrassing past. So he takes, oh, that worked for me. He takes the idea that, oh, becoming a person named Don Draper worked for me. So I should apply that to every other aspect in my life. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not healthy for him to do that. There's an exchange between him and Stephanie in like that last episode where he tells Stephanie who's upset because she had a baby and doesn't know how to really move forward in life if she's seen as like a bad mother. I really condensed that because we're not talking about Stephanie. <laughs> but um, he says, things will get better if you just move forward. And Stephanie is like, I don't think you're right about that, Dick. This like moment where you have to realize him trying to escape from things might not be the healthiest thing, but he did it throughout most of his life to try and escape. He thinks that things will be better, so then he has all these deep-seated emotions in his, in his heart as he goes through life as an ad man, but then he's not coming to terms with the fact that he has these emotions still built up and just escaping won't actually help. Or work. He expresses his emotions in really bad behaviors. So one other one other thing about Don Draper that's kind of I think a really defining part of his character, unfortunately, is the fact that he's constantly cheating on women. It's like he, he just he just can't help himself or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I, what's your take on that. Yeah, and it's just really frustrating because it's like, why is he doing that again? Like, it just screws with his life, um, and he gets really attached. And so my theory is that because he didn't really know his own mother, and he also didn't feel affection from his own mom, I'm not trying to be like, this is mommy issues, but I think he's trying to search for love in Mm. anywhere that he can get it, and he never feels satisfied I think what it also might be is that these people are always new and he has this dark past that he's tried to completely forget about and he doesn't really share with people very often. And he can get that experience of a new relationship where he doesn't have to be emotionally intimate by cheating. Whereas whereas if he's with the same woman for too long... She could get to know him a little too deeply to the point where that freaks him out because if someone gets too close to him, they're going to find out the real him. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't and, know how to deal with that. Yeah, and the real him is a broken person who doesn't know how to feel love or how yeah. to show love. So it really, I mean, it all comes down to just being scared, I think. Mm-hmm. A lot of fear in him. And I think that's, that's really relatable. But uh, that doesn't mean you should go out and... cheat on people either right and he's also a very controlling person he gets really upset at his wife betty if he if she's like flirty with another man which is so hypocritical of him and he gets upset with megan when she needs to kiss a guy for her acting job and he has this kind of sexual control kink to him where he tells a woman who he's cheating with you need to stay in this hotel room all day and wait for me kind of thing and i think it's again this like need to be in control of his life Mm-hmm. Um, because he wasn't control wasn't in control in his childhood, so he will be like, "Well, I need to take control of my own life to have a good life and to find happiness." Well, that and if he loses control, he risks other people finding out about who he is, or he risks other people realizing that he's a fraud and that mm-hmm. he's a liar and that he's not who he pretends to be. Right. 
And we can appreciate Don sometimes. There are parts in certain episodes where he starts to break down a bit, where he realizes deep down he still has these issues of not feeling love or not feeling happiness. And then he breaks down, like during the Hershey episode, where he's pitching Hershey, but then he tells everyone in the meeting that he grew up in a whorehouse and eating a Hershey bar was the closest he could feel to being a real child who was loved. So coming to terms with those emotions in those parts could maybe help him deter from bad behavior in the future. But people in that time period, like, <laughs> especially in the hyper-masculine era of the 1960s, mm-hmm. weren't going to very much accept that. You know, it's not acceptable to show your emotions, especially probably as a man in that time period. So they like ask him to leave after he breaks down in the Hershey's pitch. He only cries in front of Peggy during the Samsonite episode um, when he's upset that the only person who ever knew him dies. So we can kind of appreciate him coming to terms with his emotions. But even then, you can also understand why he hides those emotions in destructive behavior. It's not acceptable to break down and cry. It's not acceptable to say, this is who I was and this is how I grew up and I'm trying to deal with it. Like, no, you're just supposed to be a man. Like, you're just supposed to be a strong man who fucks women, drinks shit. Anything else, that's weak. So we can feel for Don Draper that way, too, that things weren't great for a lot of people in the 1960s, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. So what's your, uh, what's your real world takeaway? What, what do you learn from Don that you can bring out into the real world? I can start. Yeah, um, <laughs> please. <laughs> I think that what I learned from Don is that it's just important to confront the difficult situations in your life, which is something that I really struggle to do. I really don't like confronting people or confronting issues. I would rather avoid them whenever possible. But when you look at Don's life, you can see that that even though sometimes helps him succeed it ultimately is making things worse in his life and it continually puts him in situations that are more difficult and put him down a negative path which ultimately throughout the series you see him go further and further into depression and alcoholism and it's not good for him and it's in a lot of ways because he's not confronting the issues that he faces in his life and if he had Mm -hmm. confronted them and dealt with them then maybe he'd be in a much better place. My takeaway is kind of off of yours too, is that a common quotation or like a common philosophy that people live by is you should just move forward. You should forget about what happened and move forward, which is not really bad advice on the surface, you know, like stop mulling over things that happen. But now I realize that we should take that advice with a grain of salt because if you just move forward and don't come to terms with what has happened to you, what has happened to you can also creep up in your future in very negative ways. And we see that through Don Draper. Yeah. So in the the spirit of Don Draper and his role as an advertising executive, we thought we'd end the episode with some slogans, taglines, and ad pitches for Don Draper. Yes. So I wrote a few slogans, taglines, ads, mostly yeah, these, like These are slogans. like, um, to, to help explain, I guess, <laughs> the idea is to sell Don Draper like he is a product, I guess, or like to convince people to buy into Don Draper. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I listened to the directions as well as I should have, but <laughs> yes. 
And that, in turn, selling Don Draper can also help us figure out why we should be sympathetic towards him. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it's just kind of fun. Yeah, that too. Uh, we posted this on our Facebook page, and a couple people responded. So this was Terrence's slogan for Don Draper, and it's, With Draper, you never know what's real or fake. Very mysterious. Yeah. And then another of our listeners, Han, I think that's how you say it, Han or Han, I apologize if I get that wrong. Um, feel free to correct me and I'll do a correction next episode. But he said, with Draper, you will always be winning, never losing. That's true. He doesn't really lose very much, does he? No. Okay, so the next ones are mine. Don Draper will screw your wife, but won't screw up life. <laughs> or in parentheses, nice. or maybe he will a little bit. He does screw up life a little. Don Draper, <laughs> smoke, drink, and vomit in the toilet. And then here's another one. Okay. A guy walks into a bar. The guy is Don Draper. That's it. He just Whoa. walks into bars a lot. I can um, see that. Like I can see like a poster of like kind of like a silhouette of, <laughs> of him at like the entrance to the bar. Yep. And there he goes again. Just going to the bar. Just putting his emotions in the freaking old fashioned. Don Draper. But I'm drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Don Draper, maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's deep-seated child trauma. Oh, but true, yeah. But true. Okay, the one I came up with was uh, Don Draper, a man, a mystery. Very good. Yeah. So my ad is, there's a family at a table for dinner. They're laughing, feeding themselves on plenty of food. There's a mother and a father. They're asking about their children's day. Suddenly, a child wakes up from his bed. It's Don Draper, loving families. Only found in dream. Get one today. Oh, wait, you can't. Oh, I feel like you shouldn't be an ad executive. <laughs> Ouch. Because <laughs> I kind of put it negatively, but it's just to show yeah. who he truly is. Yeah. So that you can like him more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do a good job of uh, introducing Don Draper, but not, not really selling him as... I know. As a good product. Um, okay, so I put this ad pitch together, and I didn't share it with you beforehand. Yeah, I've not heard this. Right. Uh, so for all the listeners out there, pretend like you came to me because you have this product, Don Draper, this dude, that you are trying to find an ad agency for. And so I, I put together this little pitch to try to get you to advertise your Don Draper with me. Okay, so here goes. <clears throat> We're no longer allowed to advertise that rich white men are good people. But at Nextdoor Villain, we've been pioneering the burgeoning field of research, and our analysis shows that the health risks of rich white men are not the end of the world. People get in their cars every day to go to work, and some of them die. Cars are dangerous. There's nothing you can do about it. But the bright spot is, at least we know we have this problem. Everybody has this problem. The Federal Trade Commission and Reader's Digest have done you a favor They've let you know that any ad that brings up the concept of rich white men and health is just going to make people think about misogyny and privilege. But if you can't make those claims, neither can your competitor. Everyone's the same. You have a blank slate. You can say whatever you want. So how do you make a Don Draper? You raise a young boy in a difficult home. You make sure he loses his family. You send him off to the army. He steals someone's identity. And then you layer on depression, fear, alcoholism, and there you go. Don Draper. He's layered. 
everyone else's rich white men are misogynists, Don Draper is layered. Hmm. And that's it. That's it. Okay. Okay. He's layered. He has more to him. Right. I feel like you didn't get the joke. Well, he's, he has more to him than. Yeah, yeah. No, no. So, <laughs> so what I did here, what I, mm-hmm. now I feel stupid that I have to explain this, but hopefully the hardcore Mad Men fans, mm-hmm. which I thought you were, would get that I took this pitch straight from the Lucky Strike It's Toasted ad pitch. Oh my gosh. How do you make your cigarettes? We breed insect repellent tobacco seeds, plant them in the North Carolina sunshine, grow it, cut it, cure it, toast it. There you go. There you go. But everybody else's tobacco is toasted. No, everybody else's tobacco is poisonous. Lucky Strikes is toasted. It replaced cigarettes with rich white men, and then Don Draper was like the brand of rich white men that we were trying to sell. Yup. Damn, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Of, good not, job. He's not toasted. He's layered. <laughs> okay. Good, good, good. And I, I think other people will get it, though, too. I hope so, because now I feel kind of stupid. No, I, no, no. I I'm the one that, who like, should so be many stupid. Times I practiced my pitch. You should. I'm the one who's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no. And this, yeah. Sometimes it's tough because I, I watch so much Mad Men episodes that it's hard to remember all of them, right? Yeah. I think that but, that was like episode yeah. one or something. It was like very oh, early shit. on. Right. Definitely first season. Well, our talking about it now can also help people be like, oh, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure there will be hardcore fans who will get it even before we <laughs> reveal what it is. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that is the end of our episode for today. So thank you all for listening. As always, if you have any thoughts, opinions, ideas you'd like to share, you can find us on Twitter at NextdoorVillain, or you can send us an email to nextdoorvillain at gmail.com. And we also have a Facebook group now. Just search NextdoorVillain. If you request an invite, we will definitely accept you right away, and you can join in and talk about villains. And we post questions on there that we... Sometimes we'll then include your answers in the episode like we did this week with Terrence and Han's responses to our Don Draper ad slogan question. Indeed. And this podcast has been produced by Christiana Tiana Hennings and Joe Anderson. And all artwork on our social media and website is done by Erica Nitschke. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, on Facebook. Let us know what you think. That would be great. Yeah. And we will be back again sometime soon (laughs) thanks for listening